Hey there, I'm Justin, the host of your favorite wrestling podcast, WWE Mentality. And have you ever thought about starting your very own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps that people like to listen to? And how do I make money from my podcast? The answer to this question and every question is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with the great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's why I'm doing this right now by reading this ad. Anchor has been super easy for me to use ever since I downloaded it just a few weeks ago, and I'm very, very glad that I did so because it's enabled me to be able to start talking about something that I love, which is wrestling. So if you want to start a podcast and get and make money at it, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor. Dot .fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. And we're back. Another exciting weekly episode of WWE Mentality. I am your host, HCP, Justin Bateman, all those other goofy nicknames. Uh, but um, Mr. Wonderful JR, Jamie, not here today. He had somewhere else he had to be. So filling in for him is a gentleman that I'm proud to know, proud to call my friend. He works at Outer Bank Sh- at OBX Chevy up at the northern part of Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. And he also is the current TWO champion with the little TWO OBX group we've got going on. Mr. David E.K.O. What's thank up, man? You, thank you, Justin, for having me, giving me such a nice intro. OBX Chevrolet Buick, going to throw in a quick plug. Go ahead, and, go ahead. Uh, I'd like to thank you for having me today. Absolutely. Now, tell me, give me a quick little uh, rundown now. How, how did you get into wrestling? What what made you or what drew you to wrestling? And and what what is your uh, just your overall attraction for? What do you like about it? When I was a kid watching wrestling on TV, uh, they used to do like Saturday Night Live wrestling or whatever it was called Saturday Night something and uh, Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan, Axel Jim Duggan. Uh huh. Um, and then I started watching it, and then uh, Stone Cold came about, The Rock, all the nineties. Uh, attitude error and uh, I've become a fan and been a fan and um, now it's cool to be a fan of wrestling and not get scrutinized I feel like which is people joke that I still watch it but not most people so they appreciate my fandom yeah that's good I mean I I still catch a little flack around the stations here I'm not gonna lie I got some individuals that like to give me a hard time uh, about my fandom that's okay eyes above it see I I take and I try to set my life's GPS for the high road the high road you know it's like taking that Chevrolet on that high road right kind of how I like passing the Dodge passing the Ford sitting on top of the mountain looking down just checking out the landscape checking out the landscape David (laughs) E.K. is going to be joining me today and uh, we're going to just kind of jump right into it so you know as we normally do we'll recap Raw recap Smackdown talk about some of the things that are leading up to SummerSlam and some of the backstage news that is going on at the moment so um, Mr. EKO, and that's what I'm going to be referring to him as throughout the show, is Mr. EKO, because it's I got to give him his due justice. He is the champion of our league. The and, champ. You know, it's it's one of those things you got to show the respect. You respect the title, maybe not necessarily the person. 
But, uh, you know, we digress. We'll take, I'll take that. That's good enough. We'll roll with that. That's good. <laughs> to be the man, you got to beat the man. I guess, yeah. Woo! <laughs> You're right. So they were live from Little Rock, Arkansas, and they kind of kicked off the show with the 24-7 championship. Now, Mr. EKO, how do you feel about this whole 27, uh, 24-7 championship thing that they got going on? What's your thoughts on that? When I was watching it, I was thinking about this podcast and what I would say, and uh, the way that they opened it up. I wasn't a fan because you just had such a huge raw with a huge ending with Stone Cold, and you kind of open it up with this 24-7 championship, which is good filler in the show, but not to open the show. I feel like they could have started with a, a storyline they were trying to build or something, a hook that make me want to watch the whole episode. Uh, so I like the 24-7 championship. I uh, just don't think it should open the show. I think it's good filler and humor and the 9 o'clock hour when you're starting to get sleepy and you need something to laugh at before you go to bed. Okay, all right. So, yeah, that's I, my thought as a fan. I, I agree. In a sense, you know, I do agree with you. I think it's been it's been humorous with the whole R-Truth Maverick thing that they've had going on and how they've broken into the hotel room and they're trying to consummate the marriage and he called it constipate. I thought that was yeah, kind of funny. And yeah. Just little things like that. Like you said, filler in between segments of the show to keep everybody interested. Uh, that's, that's the thing because I wasn't too sure about it at the beginning when Mick Foley first introduced it. I was like, the heck is this thing, man? I don't know. But yeah, I'm like you. It's good filler. But see, Mike Kanellis, they had this big mosh pit happen. It was supposed to be a match with R-Truth and Maverick, I'm pretty sure. And then this whole mosh pit, like it was like, it looked like it was going to be this, take the shape of a lumberjack match in the beginning. And then this whole mosh pit ensued when everybody started jumping in the ring and, and just Mike Kanellis crawled out from underneath the pile and took off backstage only to have his wife make him lay down so that she can be the first pregnant champion the first pregnant champion Maria the first pregnant you can't are you going to come get my champion you can't touch me I mean what what was that all about man what do you think I thought that was funny uh, to see Mojo Riley's face he was very like upset about it but Zack Ryder laughed at it and so did uh uh, I got kids what's his name uh Heath Slater Heath Slater laughed at it so um you know, it's good filler. You know, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I like it. I think the storyline's been funny, but uh, yeah, it was good. And uh, we'll see how she gets pinned, or she'll probably be asleep or something. Or we'll see. Here's my theory. Can I give you my theory on that? I'm ready. Okay. So just real quick, a theory that I have on Maria Kanellis with this whole 24/7 champion. She said that she had an OBGYN appointment today. That to see what the baby was going to be or whatnot. I don't remember exact. You know what it was going to say. I like where you're going with this. Okay. okay. Ready? The doctor is going to tell her that she's not pregnant or, you know, unfortunately, I'm sorry you have miscarried. Something to that effect where she's not pregnant anymore. And somebody's going to burst through that door and with a referee or the doctor's going to be a referee or something. Our truth may be the doctor. Dr. Truth. I think it's going to be her husband. Could be. I think so. I mean, I, I don't know. Only yeah. time will tell, and may something may pop up on WWE.com a little bit later on about that, but we'll see. Yeah. So, well, that's like I said, that can go any direction. It's good filler. Now, there was a gauntlet match, which I was loving. I was loving it. I was like, oh man, there's a gauntlet match to determine the number or the who's going to go against AJ Styles at SummerSlam for the United States Champion. I was like, sweet, this is all right. We're starting out good. This is really good stuff here. Okay. Now, the gauntlet match started out with Cesaro, Rey Mysterio. It, the start, well, it started with Cesaro and Rey Mysterio. Now, me, 
I don't know how you feel about Cesaro, but now he's he's kind of a singles competitor now because Sheamus has been out since summer or uh, since WrestleMania. Right. He has not been around. He's I don't know if it's concussion. I don't know if he's in ring. His career is done. I haven't done a whole lot of research on that. I need to find out. But it seems to be like Cesaro is now. Yeah, if you want to look that up while you're sitting there, um, it seems to me though as uh, Cesaro is on his own in the singles world. You know, I miss the whole switch, like the whole entrance, the hitman entrance that he used to have from the side. And then he would like tear off his, his tuxedo or whatever it was. I miss that whole entrance. I don't know about this new Cesaro. I wish the old Cesaro would come back. Anyway, I feel as if he needs a push, man. He's never had any championship gold that I'm aware of other than tag team championship gold. Okay. I don't know if he's ever been United States champion or intercontinental champion. He may very well have been one of those. But I want to see, I'd like to see him get a push. Anyway, they buried him by underneath the Rey Mysterio the other night, which I'm not mad at the 619. I'm not. But I just think that Rey Mysterio has been in this game just as long as the Big Show. He and Big Show have been in the game about the same amount of 25 years at least. You know? That's what I think. And like to have Cesaro fall to Rey Mysterio, I can appreciate the little guy, but Rey Mysterio's had championship gold. Right. You know what I mean? They've done that. So, did you get any info on uh, the whole Sheamus thing? Sheamus has a neck injury. Neck injury, that okay. That's going to maybe make him retire, and they don't know yet. Maybe kind of like a Daniel Bryant scenario. Ah. Uh, to see what he can do, and he's still training to be a wrestler, but sounds like he's got a neck ailment that he's trying to overcome. Gotcha. So Okay. Good. That's good. That's good detail. Good info right there. But then it's like Sami Zayn. Okay, so Rey Mysterio pins up Cesaro. He's out. Out comes Sami Zayn. Not long after Sami Zayn, then and Sami Zayn's one of those characters right now, EKO, that I don't know. It's like he's in limbo, man. Like, what is it? What are they trying to do with him? He came, I don't know. He came out. He bashed the, um, kind of said some stuff about AEW in, a, in that one Raw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, you really haven't. He's bounced around a couple of different storylines, but really hasn't developed anything. So, I think he's being used as filler. I don't like his gimmick. I don't, I don't like, either. I don't like his music. I don't like his dancing. I think he could be a heel, heel, but I think I don't know how. I don't know what you do with him to to give him the appeal. See, this is what me and Jr. last week talked about a little bit. I, we disagreed. He likes the way that they've kind of geared Sami Zayn. I was like, man, I can't. I can't get behind this character right now. I just can't. Um, now, Sami Zayn didn't last long in the ring with Rey Mysterio, but Andrade managed to reign victorious. Now, that's another one that I wasn't quite sure about when he first burst onto the scene in WWE from NXT. I wasn't sure about him. Right. You know what I mean? And he comes out, and I was like, okay, I can I can kind of get behind Andrade as a good heel. And he did a great job as a heel in that match because he won the match against Rey Mysterio. Right. Uh, you know, as part of the gauntlet match going on. And then he tried to, which is complete and utter disrespect to the luchador traditions, tried to rip his mask off. Right. Disrespectful. Complete disrespect. You know? So that to me is, is gearing him to be a great heel. But then Ricochet comes out. And of course, Ricochet wins the entire gauntlet match. Now, your thoughts, EKO? Give them to me. Starting from the beginning of that match. I'm a big fan of Cesaro. I don't think they found a niche for him yet. They need a mouthpiece for him, like a Paul Heyman. And right. Maybe I thought they were going to do that, and they didn't. Um, Rey Mysterio and an Andrade, uh, they've had a great matches against each other. They're athletic, um, different style that we don't see on TV a whole lot. Uh, Sami Zayn was just filler. 
And um, Paul Heyman's big on Ricochet, and he's running Raw now, and that's the storyline that he's going to use. And I like Ricochet. I think he's a good wrestler. I think he's athletic. I think he's got a good look. And uh, I'm I'm on the Ricochet train, honestly. Okay. Hey. I, I like him. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I do too. I, I just him and Alistair Black. They could have been a little bit more as a tag team because now Alistair Black is kind of like um, falling off to me a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. What I don't like what they're doing with that. But uh, yeah, I like Ricochet, and so does Paul Heyman. So it'd be good to see at uh, SummerSlam. Yeah, it's, and it was definitely you know a, a more interesting Raw as the show progressed. Uh, last or a few nights ago in Little Rock, uh, because of the fact that Paul Heyman has taken over uh, control of Monday Night Raw, he's the you know, lead producer or whatnot. I don't know exactly what you call him, the head of whatever. But he's, right. he's taken over basically, and then things definitely got interesting later on in the night. Let's go on to okay, here we go. This is one thing I was really glad to see. It's like all right, a championship match. So Ricochet won the gauntlet match. He's going to face AJ Styles at SummerSlam. Stamped it. It's in the bank. It's it's happening. Right now, here's one thing that I I love and I did because I felt like these guys have been underutilized. The OC coming back, getting the Gallows, title. Gallows and Anderson beat the Revival and the Usos to become the Raw Tag Team Champions in the, th- the Triple Threat match. That was an exciting match. I got behind that match. I was I loving that it. match, and I love the fact, like I said, that. Gallows and Anderson got ta- that got championship gold because at, since coming from New Japan, they won it one time. I want to say when the first first time when they first had the brand split. I don't know what was that three years ago, four years ago now. They beat the Usos, right? They did the first time, and they they, did, they, they the ran Usos. that for a little while and and was uh, competitive. And yeah, that was when they yeah first yeah. time, first time and only time. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like I, I think this is good for them because they had fallen off. I mean, they disappeared. You didn't see them on TV for like six months, and if you did, it was in like a real quick backstage segment to where they were like in the background of what was going on in the foreground. You know, right? So you didn't really see them around that much, and it was just like, dang, what they're they're burying a tag team that I think is awesome. I did like the whole nerd gimmick, though. Right. I will say that. Yeah, it was when, funny. Yeah, it was good. When uh, Luke Gallows would be like, a bunch of, uh, what are they? Nerds. Like, I kind of <laughs> like that. I got behind that. Uh, but yeah, so them winning, where's, what direction is going to take this? Because AJ Styles, they've kind of formed the OC. AJ Styles is the United States champion. Tag team champions. You got a, a good a little uh, niche there. I like that. All right, so the Viking Raiders, let's get to that. Viking Raiders defeated some jobbers, Johnny James and Cole Carter. Uh, The Viking Raiders, I'm still trying to figure them out, man. Like, I can't figure out if I like them or if I don't like them. I don't know, man. Where are you at with that, Mr. KO? I can't put a finger on it. I watched that match, and uh, they're trying to put them over by facing these local talents wherever their state that they're located or city. Um, I don't know. Uh, They're not – they're big. They're hairy. They're not conventional. It gives me a dream that I could lace some boots up and go <laughs> wrestle. Uh, but I don't know how I feel yet. I'm not sure. Well, it, it kind of reminds me of when the brand split first took place and the Wyatt family was forced to break up and Braun Strowman went out on his own. His first like seven or eight matches that he had were against individuals that were, you know, local talent from whatever city they were in. Right. And he was grabbing the mic because Mick Foley was in charge. You remember, he's like, if Mick Foley doesn't give me real competition, I'm going to come find it myself. You remember all that stuff? You sound just like him. Well, I've been practicing. <laughs> <laughs> but you remember all that stuff. I do, yeah. You know, so I kind of, I see the same thing happening here 
And I honestly don't know how I feel about it. Like, it's just, come on. You, it's, it's almost like they're in limbo, too. Almost like not quite as bad as Sami Zayn, but they're in limbo. They, they don't know what to do with them just yet, which direction they're going to take them, but they want them seen. They want them in front of you so they see them. It's ironic because you look at the WWE and the content and all the superstars that they have or, or talent, and you wonder why, um, you know, Gallup, Gallows and Anderson don't get a push, but then they bring up another cha- another tag team that they're not really doing anything with. So it's like, why don't we write a story for somebody who's already up instead of we just keep bringing up and forcing things in people's faces and then not developing the talent. Right. You know, unfortunately, kind of bouncing back to the previous match, I think they're going to drop the titles fairly quickly, and then they just got them locked into a contract so they can't go anywhere. Looking at the backstage side of it. Yeah, okay. Because they don't want them to go to the competition, so you know, give them a little pop, take it back from them, and then they got them locked into a little contract, and they're not going to run to the competition. So Viking Raiders, I'm not sure on yet. Yeah. I just think I'm, there's other people they could, you know, right. more. Well, this this next match was actually rather interesting, I thought. Uh, the Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch had a match against Alexa Bliss, and then right behind it, she had a match against Nikki Cross. Now, before this match ever took place, they showed a little backstage from earlier that evening when uh, Natalia was doing some in-ring training, right. practicing, getting ready for her match that she has against Becky Lynch. The man. Yeah, the man. That's my one voice. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> the man. And they showed Becky Lynch during her training exercise prior to Raw for the other night, jumping in the ring and attacking Natalia while she was practicing and getting training and that. So Alexa Bliss has a match with Becky Lynch. Alexa Bliss hurts her leg in the match. She played that off really well. I legitimately thought she was hurt. I bought it too. Man, I did. I was sold a, it. That was I, good. I bought it until they put her in a chair, a couple folding chairs right there ringside. <laughs> and no ice. No ice. <laughs> okay. If you heard Corey Graves, he's like, somebody's got to go get her some ice. If I knew that my, my headphone cord was long enough, I would take her ice. You know, like <laughs> they were trying to sell it. it. It didn't sell very well. But I mean, yeah, in the beginning when they were in the ring and she's like, ah, yeah, like, look legit. It did to me too. Well, then Nikki Cross is like, "I will, I will fight for your honor, Alexa." <laughs> I love. I mean, but it, you had two Irish women right. in the ring fighting with each other, and I thought it was great. I, I thought that was uh, that was something cool, and I like Nikki Cross, man. Right, kind like, of wild, kind of crazy. Yeah, come yeah. play with me. Not conventional, right? Yes, I get behind her, but then something happened after that match was over. Natalia jumped in the ring and attacked Becky and put her in a sharpshooter. Your thoughts, Mr. EKO? I liked it. I like Natalia. I like Natalia. She kind of sat back and let the younger ladies take over the shows and win all the titles. And I'm wondering if this is like a final hurrah for Natalia. Maybe she's getting ready to go off to the sunset. And I'm wondering the same thing. Yeah. Part of, part of my theory on some of this stuff is uh, gaining... And this is just kind of a little backstage, you know, thought that I have, a little theory that I have on some of the backstage and the business side of things. Uh, giving Natalia a championship match at SummerSlam helps boost ticket sales and the viewing, the viewership of Canada. Right. Canada this year. Right. Same thing with bringing Trish Stratus back to have a match against Charlotte. Touche. Which we'll talk about in just a little Touché. bit. Touche. Good thinking. However... So that, that all went down. Sharpshooter, you like that, Becky? You like that, Becky? That's all I can hear her saying yeah. right now. You like that, Becky? Anyway, 
So Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler, they had a match. Okay, Seth trying to honor Shawn Michaels because of Dolph super kicking Shawn Michaels the other night while part of Miz TV. So it's already been said that Dolph Ziggler and the Miz are not having a match at Summer. It's been said. Uh, They've stamped that and sent that straight to the bank. Dolph is going to, well, we'll talk about that when we get to SmackDown. Right. But yeah. we, I kind of had an idea because it had already been advertised that Brock Lesnar was going to be at Raw. Right. So we knew he was in the building, or I knew at least. I'd been reading, and he was already advertised to be there. That being said, it ended in disqualification between Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler when Universal Champion Brock Lesnar attacked Seth Rollins. And that was... He whipped him back. He, it made me think back to when Andy Orton first came back after injury and had that match at SummerSlam. I want to say it was in like 2016. At SummerSlam against Brock Lesnar. And Brock Lesnar split his head open. Oh, yes. Yeah, split Randy Orton. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. That made me think about that. That's the brutality that I saw. Right. And it's like, this is good build. This is good material. This is all good stuff leading up to SummerSlam. Right. And I mean, it didn't stop in the ring. Right. You know, they went backstage. When he dropped him on that uh, gurney, that looked like it hurt. Yeah. Sure, 100%. And see, I, I just love the fact that it kind of, there was a good segue there. Because if you noticed, it showed the Usos and Roman Reigns. Right. With, you know, like, hey, you know, who's, you know, you, you know, you're all right. You know, the next thing you know, here comes Samoa Joe. Here comes, who else was it? Samoa Joe. Oh, the OC. The OC. That's who they it was. Up. You know, show up and they start fighting with Roman Reigns and with the Usos, right. which led to the Samoa Summit. Yes. Okay. So Samoa Joe comes out and he's like, if you're not too hurt back there, come on out here. The Samoa Summit, you know, whatever. Right. Next thing you know, I mean, and it just that led up. I loved it because it was just like, here, here comes Roman. Roman comes walking out, and he's like, I'm coming for you. And Joe's just like, let's go. Bring it. There was no, like, let's talk for a minute and slap each other. It was like, get in here. Right. Let's go. And they, like, wham, went to it, you know? Right. Then, I mean, for lack of better terms, you know, I try to keep this pretty clean, but all hell broke loose. Yes, it did. And then it ended. I mean, they ended up, up by, the, uh, by the entrance to the ring, and... Cedric Alexander has been getting involved with some, you know, some things here lately. What's, what do you think about all that EKL? I, 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 ooh, tongue tied right now. Um, I liked it. I liked that whole segment. Uh, you know, Seth getting beat up, and then Joe and and um, Roman Reigns. It was a big push, uh, maybe for Samoa Joe. You know, to kind of let him fight someone big name. Uh, you know, and then. Cedric Alexander throwing him in there against they're feuding him with Drew McIntyre because they don't have anything for Drew McIntyre right now and uh, you know I like the whole thing jumping off the Titan Tron or whatever they call yeah, it now uh-huh. that was that was sick you know and it was uh, reminded me of you know old wrestling so it was very, attitude it was error very Jeff Hardy of him yeah flying off know? the top and just making a leap for it so I liked it the Samoan Summit that's kind of cool I wonder if they could do like a little group you know you took when they ran out of idea, you know, when they brought The Rock in, they had him with the Nation of Domination. Yep. Because they didn't have a place for him yet, and then he developed his character there, and then he bloomed as a singles. You know, but maybe throw Roman Reigns in a group scenario, since nobody really likes him, kind of. Maybe build his character from there, and then bring him back out as a singles competitor. Talking about Roman. Yeah, maybe with the Usos. 
And then, you know, Samoa Joe's not part of the same family line. I was thinking about that driving over here. Like, what could they do with this? You know, because I like the Nation of Domination. I loved when that thing was going on because they were fighting DX. Baruch and Yeah. yeah. And um, I don't, you know, they're going to go back and revisit Attitude Era, which they're starting to do with their promos. You know, maybe do something like that. I like it. The the, the language is definitely. Oh, the opening of Raw with what she said. Maria said to her husband about, I can't say it on your podcast, but it's BG-13. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've said some stuff, and you know, it just reminds me of being 12 years old watching it again. <laughs> Unfortunately, 12 years old. Well, I just, it's like, it's it's fun for me a little, in the sense that it's like, I got a four year old, you know, and he watches wrestling with me. He waits oh, yeah. for Monday Night Raw. He waits for SmackDown. He's excited for SummerSlam. Right. And um, it's just some of it has gotten so edgy for me. It's like, oh, bad word. You know, I'm right. like, bad word, and I shake my finger at the TV. Right. And uh, only if he acknowledges that you guys acknowledge it's a bad word, maybe he'll slip by his ears. Well, and, Maybe. and you know, it, it's you're not sure. You know, it's, it's parenting 101. You, you take a guess and hope that it's the right one. Yes, sir. Well, anyway, let's fast forward now. SmackDown, live from Memphis. And it opened the show with the best in the world. Shane McMahon. There you go. Sorry. He was like, I'm sorry. And I know it's, you know, going to upset most of you, but I will not be in attendance tonight. And uh, everybody kind of cheered. But then it went on to talking about Kevin Owens came out. And, oh, gosh, they had a, he had a heated exchange with Drew McIntyre. Okay, in which case that led to a man. Now, help me out a little bit, EK. I'm, for some reason, I'm drawing a blank on how that whole scenario started. Um, You know, Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens are feuding. And I think Drew McIntyre is just one of his goons. Yep. And I think mm-hmm. that's kind of how the rival, how that came to blow uh, on Tuesday night, right? Yeah, I'm not sure how. Yeah, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on it right now, really hard. But yeah, it ended up with Kevin Owens beating Drew McIntyre, which, to be honest with you, I do remember the match. Right. I don't remember all what was said because there were some words exchanged early on. Right. But the match, I remember the fans going, "This is awesome" because it was a great match. It was a match that you didn't want to walk away from. You wanted to pay attention to. You wanted to hone in on. Because it could have gone either way. Something you should start uh, Raw with after yeah. having a reunion. Yeah, like one of those kinds of one matches. One of those kinds of matches. Agreed. <laughs> Sorry. But it, it was, that's how it all went down. It was Kevin Owens defeated Drew McIntyre. Hit him with a couple of stunners, I believe. Uh, uh, but I don't like him doing the stunner. What? Tell no. me about this. No, okay. One, this coming week, Stone Cold Show starts on USA Network. So you'll probably have to DVR it because you probably yes. can't stay up that late. Nope, I can't. But <laughs> I'm going to watch the first episode because I'm excited because he's with some cool characters from TV. But uh, Straight up Steve Austin. Straight up Steve Austin. Kevin Owens needs another finisher. I don't know if he asked permission from Stone Cold. Maybe he's going to be the Stone Cold of the new Attitude Era that they're trying to do, but I just don't like it. He doesn't sell it like Stone Cold sold it. It looks very not clean for him. So Mechanical. Stone right. Cold was very fluid. Right. But then again, Stone Cold been doing it for a long time. Hey, uh, you know, maybe Kevin Owens just kind of get better with it as he goes along. Maybe so, but he, you know, little little back little backstory on that for you, real quick. Vince McMahon has actually, since you know him taking the stunner and things of that nature, has since banned the use of finishers with newer talent from the legends. Oh, nice. He's since done that out now. Uh, excuse me, Kevin Owens can still use the stunner. And I believe that Charlotte still has a version 
of the Stratus faction, or the Stratus, or whatever it was called that Trish Stratus used to do. I can't remember right now. Right. But that was something that I read the other day because someone publicly asked one wrestler in NXT publicly asked on like Twitter a legend, and I want to say the legend was Taz. That's who it was. It was Taz. I don't remember who the, the NXT superstar superstar was, but asked for to use Taz as finisher, which I don't even remember what that was. Taz, Taz was kind of short-lived. Taz mission. Taz mission. Something like that. It was a chokehold. Yeah. Asked him if he could use that finishing move. And then saw it and was like, yeah, no more of this. You know, right. if you're currently using it, you're kind of grandfathered in under the old, you know, but no more. Right. No more. Uh, so with that being said, uh, that was a great match between Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre. But Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross had a match against Bailey and Ember Moon. Now, if you remember the week before, Ember Moon kind of sort of made a heel turn when she defeated Charlotte in a match and then turned around because Bailey came out and kind of was like, hey, right. This, you know, kind of distracted Charlotte. Ember Moon got her up in the cradle. One, two, three. And Ember Moon got out of the ring and then threw Bailey into the ring. Right. Threw her to the wolves. Hit her with the eclipse. Yeah. Got her. Yeah. And also hit Charlotte with an eclipse. But Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defeated Bailey and Ember Moon all because of it just being. I won. There was I didn't I don't remember there being any sort of skeezy scheme of any sort that Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross had in that match. Do you remember? See, I'm drawing a blank right now. I should have rewatched some of this. No, nothing that I can recall with you know, when they it's nothing against the women's matches, but like I don't like this match doesn't intrigue me the whole lot because I like Alexa Bliss, I like Bailey, I like Ember Moon, I'm okay on Nikki Cross, but I just uh have a I don't know. I just these are where I, I joked in your last podcast. This is when you go use the bathroom and just let it keep playing, and you get a hot pocket and warm it up, and uh-huh. you come okay. back to it. At reference to your previous uh, podcast I was on, but um, I, you didn't ask me that question, so I didn't really pay attention to this part. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, let's fast forward. So the King's Court. They were in Memphis. That is where Jerry the King Lawler is from. Right. Okay. So he decided he was going to have Trish Stratus on his King's Court segment right. to ask her, you know, hey, so some of the other legends from the Raw reunion were talking about if they would like to have maybe one last match. Trish, if you could have one last match, what would you do? How would you do it? Blah, blah, blah. Well, she was like, you know, I'm busy being a mom and raising my kids. And last week I didn't come to the Raw reunion because... I was on the beach chasing my kids, and King was like, we all saw on Instagram. Right. You know, a little plug like that. And anyway, next thing you know, Charlotte Flair's music hit. Right. And here comes Charlotte. She's like, you, you were just out here to shake your assets. Why well, I wrestled well, my I, name. I was the trailblazer yep. for this women's division. I am the greatest women's superstar of any era. Uh. Right. And blah blah blah. Anyway, basically said that she was uh, never was and all this t- sort of thing, and challenged her to a match at SummerSlam, which Chris Stratus accepted. Your thoughts, Mister E.K.O. I don't. I wasn't excited about the previous match, but I do watch Charlotte Flair because she can actually wrestle, and she does things that no woman like jumping off the top rope. Some of the stuff that she does and the moves and the way she sells the whole match. I love Charlotte Flair, not like Jamie does or Mr. Wonderful, his obsession. But, yes, the old JR. Um, I loved it because Trish Stratus was the, maybe the Charlotte of her time. Uh, Lita made Trish Stratus better, uh, where Charlotte Flair maybe had 
I don't know who she has had some good rivalries with. I guess uh, Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks, which yeah, out of the show, but and uh, but I loved it. And um, am I that excited about it? Maybe not as excited as I want to be, because uh, there's a lot of you know. Uh, Charlotte Flair, I think, is just a better wrestler than Trish Stratus is, and, and Charlotte called her out for what she was because it was a different time period. But yeah, it's, it was great. It was a great little segment that they did, and uh, I watched the whole thing. I didn't walk away from it, so I liked it. Yeah, it was good. It was definitely good, and it's definitely going to be something to watch at SummerSlam. Now, Dolph Ziggler had a match against Finn Balor, but before that, he was in backstage talking with one of the backstage correspondents. I don't remember who it was exactly he was speaking with, but he was talking about how Shawn Michaels again embarrassed himself at Super Showdown and mentioned he referenced Goldberg. And he also referenced just the legends need to stay in the past and that he is, it should have been me. He is the future and this, that, and the other. But right. he had a match against Finn Balor. Okay. Finn is currently feuding with The Fiend. I love it. I love Bray Wyatt being back. I don't well, want. To, I don't want to overshadow this match with that, but I love the whole does. gimmick. But it does because I'm gonna be honest. I don't remember exactly how that match ended. I do remember how it ended. Never mind. It ended with Dolph Ziggler uh, hitting him with a zigzag and pinning him, but it was right. not without disruption from the Fiend. Now, give me your thoughts on the Fiend one more time. Give them to me. Love it. Um, you know, it's tough for these guys to reinvent themselves and to do it. You know, because his character Bray Wyatt was getting stale you know the thing he did with Matt Hardy at the Hardy Complex that was cool you yeah know, that was cool you know it's like kind of like a movie and for him to reinvent his character and my wife loves it she like waits for that segment watches it gets scared and she's like I'm going to bed now I've seen what I want to see so she gets excited about it and uh I, I hopefully Finn Balor or Finn Balor is excited about it um you know we talked about on your other podcast that we didn't think he was utilized very well maybe right. yeah and um you know, I just hope that he's not put over, he's not putting Bray Wyatt over, and then he just falls to the wayside because I like him too. Well, rumor has it that he's in the process; he's engaged, about to be married, and that he's going to take some time off after SummerSlam. Okay. Rumor has it. Okay. okay. I'm okay with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and the thing is, Spin needs to kind of sit back and, and reevaluate his character just a little bit because um, he, he's got two. He's got an alter ego in the Demon that doesn't come out. That never comes out. Right. I mean, you see him once a year. Right. I mean, I'd like to see the demon versus the fiend. Right. Maybe we will at SummerSlam. You never know. But I, um, I like the fiend. The whole Firefly Funhouse was great. We're right. really glad that you're our friend. <laughs> okay, my son, he's like that guy's creepy. He he likes he does not like Rambling Rabbit. Or no, my son likes Rambling Rabbit, but he does not like Abby the Witch. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, but ever since his his character has evolved from that whole funhouse thing over the last few months, and he has taken on that creepy demonic looking clown, and I've tried my best to keep my son because I'm afraid he'll just he'll have nightmares. Like Does that it feel like you watching The Undertaker as a kid when you watch The Undertaker? That same kind of you can imagine sorta, what he's feeling a little bit. Sorta. Um, I was older when the Undertaker. I was when the Undertaker first really burst onto the scene. I want to say I was, I was older. I was I was nine, ten years old. Right. Uh, my son's four. Right. A little know? age difference. So but... if I was four, I'd looking at the Undertaker. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, but my son loves the Undertaker. No, oh, love it. He does. He loves Undertaker. So that being said, though, I do like the character. I'm like you. I like this character. I want to see what they're going to do with it. Uh, in the beginning, when the Firefly Funhouse first came out, I was like, you know. 
Everybody wants to try to anticipate what this is going to do. I don't know. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it. I'm not going to try to sit there and figure this out. I kind of like this little, you know, the whole. Does he keep the mandible claw? Talking about stealing moves from legends. Do you think he steals the mandible claw and keeps it as a finisher? Well, that's a, it's a possibility. It's very possible, but you have seen Sister Abigail be used a couple of times, too. Right. Okay. That's true. Uh, so yeah. I, I think that there's there's good potential for this character here. Um, where is it going to go exactly? I still am holding out hope that I will see. For like, I hope it's a WrestleMania match between The Fiend and Braun Strowman. I want to see that. I've wanted to see a Bray Wyatt-Braun Strowman match for a long time. Right. Now it's just that much worse. Right. All right, so they had like a battle of champions. Now, this main event changed a handful of times before it landed on what it was turned out to be because Vince scrapped everything leading up to this night, up, leading up to that match right there. He's, they had plans for a different match. It right. was going to be Elias and, and Drew McIntyre against Kevin Owens and someone else, but at the last minute, Vince scrapped it. Okay, so Kofi Kingston had a match against AJ Styles, and they that was actually a pretty decent match. I don't recall there being any sort of out of ring activity that led to Kofi coming out on top. Although the OC as well as Xavier Woods and Big E were ringside for this. Now I do remember there was a couple times where it's like, hey, "What are you doing, man? What they are you were, doing?" There was a little tussle outside of the ring. Yeah, he didn't watch the very end. They tussled, and then uh, Kofi comes in and drops the boom kick or whatever he calls it on AJ Styles. It was a pretty good ending the way they ended yeah. the match. I just, I, yeah, I felt like there was something that happened, but it was all like outside the ring. It did not, didn't go into the ring to where there was any sort of disqualification. No, it was all like outside. That. Yeah, New Day got into it with them. Now, Roman Reigns. He's supposed to announce who he was going to fight at SummerSlam. Right. And when he was walking to the backstage correspondent, right. some things fell down. Right. Some set props or whatnot. The, uh, the 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 structure for the it fell and he narrowly escaped with his life. Right. Trying to be all dramatic. It was epic. No, it was epic. He, <laughs> he almost died. I saw him. Yeah, I mean it was like, oh my gosh, Roman, he saw the camera drop and right. all this other kind of stuff and and he slides out from underneath them, and they're like, "Do we need to call? You need to sit down. Do we need to get? We need to get medical attention." He's like, "I'm fine, fine, fine," but uh, he just walks off, and walks off, and leads into right. Any thought on who you might see as an opponent for Roman Reigns at SummerSlam? Give me a little. Give me an idea if you think of someone. I have read the internet. And the internet has a few ideas. And of course, the internet, it's on the internet, it's 100% true. You think, you know, maybe Samoa Joe, because he's kind of, like, aggressive like that. Um, you know, we don't have Miz at SummerSlam yet. Does he hack Roman Reigns? I don't think he would. I don't think that would make sense. I don't want to see him fight Goldberg. I'm just saying that on the record right now. But going, uh, Roman Reigns? No. Uh, Miz? Dolph Ziggler and Goldberg. I don't want to see that. I'd rather see the Miz and Dolph Ziggler. I agree. And I like Miz's show. It just came back on. Miz and Mrs. I do watch that. Uh, I will admit. Um, you know, I've read the internet, and the internet has thrown a bunch of names up. Uh, Daniel Bryan, because um, he has a big life announcement or something. But uh, Whatever happened to that? Well, creative changed yeah. on the end, I guess. But right now, I'm going to say Samoa Joe is who I think it is. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I'm going to go with the uh, second choice that you had. I'm going to say it was, I think Daniel Bryan had something to do 
with that incident at the end of SmackDown. Uh, with that being said, you also made a comment about some backstage news, which we're going to get into right now before we wrap up the show. Uh, backstage news, from what I gather, you're going to see Dolph Ziggler, Goldberg, at Mania. You don't want to see it. No. I'm curious. I'm not saying I don't want to see it. I, lo- I mean, I love Goldberg, but it's like the super match showdown, the super showdown, whatever they called it in Saudi Arabia, the match between Goldberg and Undertaker, epic failure. Right. Goldberg suffered a concussion halfway through or halfway through the match. Right. Part of the reason why he flopped so bad. Right. Okay. And, and Undertaker had to carry him the rest of the match, basically. Right. To me, it was like, man, they're too old. Like, they don't need to be in here. This was like, just, this was horrible. Bad, 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 bad. Right. Goldberg wants to redeem himself. And you heard Dolph on SmackDown. SmackDown. Reference Goldberg. A couple times the last couple few times. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Every shot. Well, how it's like you have embarrassed yourself. You're embarrassing. Right. It should have been me. Right. Anyway, that reminds me of a whole Raven thing from years ago. Raven, when he was Raven's block in WCW, was like, what about me? Quote what about Raven? Raven? Quote the Raven. Yes, you remember Never that more. too. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this that kind of made me think about that stuff. But anyway, so that's something that I is going to unfold and is going to happen before SummerSlam. Dolph Ziggler is interesting because they don't ever push him because they say he's injury prone, but yet they keep re-signing him and just dangling around as a mid-card. And I don't get it. You know, either make him a, you know, they kind of hinted at it last week when they said he was like Shawn Michaels. So either make him like Shawn Michaels and, and make him uh, a fan favorite and push him a little bit or just, you know, let him def- deflect and go or defect and go wherever he wants to go. You know, pick a gimmick for him and, or pick something and just do it. With him. But anyhow. Well, and also news, uh, rumor has it that, uh, and I didn't even realize that, oh gosh, the name is escaping. I had it. Not Jeff Hardy, because Jeff Hardy they're talking about, he is injured. Even after his DUI, Jeff Hardy is still scheduled to come back to action by November. Okay, they're still, they're still holding out hope for uh, J- uh, Jason Jordan right now. Oh yeah, he's been off for. A he's been long gone time. for almost over a year, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I want to say almost two years. Yeah. Uh, but they're talking about something with him maybe by January, and the gentleman that is escaping me, he just had a match. Fandango. No, no. Fandango. That was good last night. I, I heard NXT. something about that. Yeah. yeah. He is his name. Name is escape. Bobby, uh, Bobby Lashley. There Bobby it is. Lashley. Yep, yep, yep. I didn't huh. know he was injured. Yeah. I did not know that. He is out. I don't know what his injury is, though. Yeah, he's out right now, and he won't be back until they're saying maybe November, December time frame. Uh, That's all I really have on Backstage News. You got us up to speed with what's going on with Seamus. I want to know, where is the Authors of Pain? AEP. What are they? Or AOP, excuse me. AOP. What are they doing? You know? Uh, there's been sightings of them backstage at SmackDown, but I mean, what, what's the deal? They're still on injury reserve. I know like Cesar, Cesar or whatnot, or Razor was uh, was injured. Uh, what, where, where's where have they been? What's the deal with Sasha Banks? Is she gone? I think she's gone. Me too. I think. Um, I see little things on her Instagram because I follow her on Instagram that lead me to believe that she might be coming back soon. Maybe she'll end up being part of the match. At with Ember Moon, she comes back and betrays Bailey. Who right. knows? 
or they're holding her contract and just trying to let her cool off so that if she does go somewhere else, it's not a big pop like it would be now. Like if CM Punk jumped into a place right now, I guess that would be a big pop. But maybe they're just trying to keep her cool down. So I don't know. I hate it. I hate it because I think she's a good wrestler. Yeah, I mean, it's like you were talking about with Charlotte having rivalries earlier. I thought she and Charlotte had a good rivalry. Yeah. But anyway, but we'll t- have to see how it all boils down. But we've got Raw this coming week, SmackDown, the last two before SummerSlam. Uh, SummerSlam. What do you foresee maybe shaping up in this week or the next upcoming episodes of Raw and SmackDown? Um, where's Braun Strowman going to fit into the card? He had a little segment on Raw where he said something to the one announcer lady. And then uh, Maria Kanellis. Yeah. 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 And um, I'm not sure where they're going with him. I'm excited to see that. Um, I was hoping for Drew McIntyre to get a push. I really like his character. And uh, I don't know what they're going to do. I really don't know. I have no clue. It's wide open. And it sounds like from them scrapping SmackDown or whatever at the last moment, they don't really know what they're doing either. So, uh We'll see. Well, with with Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff kind of maintaining the, the two shows themselves, with Vince kind of having the, uh, the final say, um, I, I don't. I think you've got a good recipe there for for exciting things to come. I, I think that Vince kind of trying to take a step back and just allowing things to kind of unfold. In a sense, even though he did scrap some things at SmackDown, um, I, I just think it's the the, the the steam engine has not reached its full power yet. Right. It's on its way up. But it hasn't reached it yet. So only time will tell what happens with all of that. Uh, that being said, you know, we got uh, about a week. It was today, Thursday. So we're about a week and a half or so from SummerSlam. Got another Raw and another SmackDown to get everything fine-tuned for SummerSlam. And then we will be back next Thursday to recap Raw and SmackDown. Also, I believe I'm going to make a solid attempt at getting the crew together to do a SummerSlam preview, a SummerSlam prediction of all of, you know, get all of us on the podcast. Maybe that Friday. I can't do it Saturday because my wife's fishing in the fishing tournament. But going to live at Jack Brown. Jack Brown. Yeah, beer and burger joint. File post eight and a half in Kill Double Hills on the beach road. <laughs> um, going over there and, and getting all the, getting the band together and, and talking about SummerSlam. I'm going to try to see if I can make that work. I don't see why I can't. I'm going to try really hard. So uh, that being said, um, just get ready for everything to get fine-tuned on Raw and SmackDown next week, and, and we'll see what goes and what leads up to, uh, to SummerSlam. Get your tickets now for SummerSlam or um, SmackDown. Uh, September 3rd in Norfolk. If yeah. you're local and listen to the podcast, check we, it out. Go up there and you probably will see us there. So, Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you about that in just a second. Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, that's about it for us. Thank you for joining us on this exciting episode of WWE Mentality. I'm your host, Justin. Thank you, David EKO, for filling in for JR. And uh, you know, anytime you want to pop in, Mr. EKO, being as your champion, you have the authority to do so. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me, Jamie. Uh, Mr. Wonderful, thanks for uh, setting out for a week. But uh, the champ came in and and held it down. So (laughs) doing what the champ does. All right. Till next time, everybody. Keep slamming, and we'll see you later.